Hi, everyone, and welcome to the June 4th, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Well, Quebec and Ontario, two of the country's biggest retail markets, are slowly emerging from lockdowns and stay-at-home orders, and we're nearing the halfway point of both the spring selling season and the year itself. But May sales were described by one analyst as a definite disappointment, and inventory remains tight due to the global chip shortage. And now, as restrictions loosen, consumers might have places other than the local dealership to spend their money. So what's in store for the latter half of the year? How willing are Canadians to buy new cars? We'll find out when I speak with Rebecca Young, who follows the auto industry at Scotiabank Economics, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Rebecca, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. Um, Let's start with a broad picture. The the third wave is winding down in Ontario. Quebec is relaxing restrictions. BC seems to be doing well. These are three big markets. Um, We know for the most part, the Maritimes weathered the pandemic fairly well. So how is the Canadian economy right now? And what's the forecast looking forward? Well, I would start by saying, take a step back. And when we look at our expectations for 2021, we expect we are seeing a really strong recovery underway. And I say take a step back because we're in the midst of getting data for April and shortly May, which is not very good. So not surprisingly, given the third lockdowns across most of the country, we're not seeing strong data in things like GDP, um, in retail sales, in job markets, in even auto sales. So, you know, so not a great, not great numbers in the near term. But if you do step back, Scotiabank, for example, is forecasting 6.4% growth in real GDP for the year following more than 5% contraction last year. So that is very strong and I would underscore even more upside in the number we have right now because we haven't fully accounted for all the spending that is likely to happen in the U.S. with, uh, you know, with multiple trillion dollars um, in, you know, in, in, in Biden's proposals. So, you know, bottom line, you know, very strong uh, rebound in recovery underway in 2021. Consumer spending is driving a big part of that, residential investment, um, and consequently um, oil recovery that we're seeing. Canada is benefiting from this global or this broad-based recovery that's really supporting commodity prices as well. So, you know, so strong recovery underway if you can look through some of the negative data that we're seeing in April and May. Do, do you forecast that negative data to sort of stay in April and May as um, provinces sort of emerge from lockdowns and stay-at-home orders? We expected this. And so what we've certainly learned from the first and second waves is that, you know, consumers, um, you know, there are certain things that they can't purchase or not allowed to purchase um, and also out of health precautions that they don't venture out and purchase. So really, you know, we do see this dampened demand. I would say we're a little bit surprised to see that the GDP print for um, April is is guided as a, as a negative on a month over month basis. So we haven't 
haven't seen that since the first lockdown. But overall, what we do expect is we will see essentially pent up demand. So Canadians haven't been able to go out and spend in these couple months. And we will see this rebound in as economies start reopening, we will see certainly much better data for June, July, August and, and through the course of the year. But, you know, bottom line is that it's essentially what we're seeing is deferred um, purchases of things like automobiles. Um, and it's not a, a complete destruction of, of the consumption. Uh, so so we expected it. Um, and we really have to look through it. And given, I would say, an overperformance on vaccine rollouts in Canada after a slow start and a lot of concern whether we would get numbers up quickly relative to some peers, we've certainly pretty much surpassed all peers. And so we're, we're on a good track there. And so there is a, you know, if you can look through this, you know, negative data coming in, I think we have a brighter couple of quarters ahead of us. So let's talk big ticket items, particularly new cars. Where do they rank right now among the priorities of Canadians? Do they plan on buying them sometime this year? Are those the things that we might see Canadians purchase? Is that where pent-up demand lies for, for new vehicles and bigger uh, bigger ticketed items? Well, the really big ticket items right now and through the course of the pandemic have been everything home-based. So whether it's home purchases and we've seen just astronomical figures in home sales and home prices, um, also in renovations um, and hardware stores. So I would say like the big ticket items, the big winners so far in um, in the pandemic have been those home-based items. But automobiles have been surprisingly strong as well. So this wasn't your typical economic downturn that you would see a very kind of slow measured recovery in things like automobiles, which tend to be discretionary purchases. We saw, you know, we've seen seasonally adjusted numbers already up in the 1.8 million. So not that far from the 1.9 highs of 2019. So I would say automobiles have been up there. And that's really been supported by household savings rates that have been elevated uh, for the average Canadian household. And and we actually saw in the first quarter of 2021 uh, that number tick back up. So household savings as a share of disposable income picking up in Q1. And that's what we've seen in, lo- in subsequent lockdowns is Canadians couldn't spend Plus, you layer on for some households getting various government transfers, and they're just accumulating these savings. And so that will support uh, big ticket items like automobiles as, you know, as openings, as reopenings happen. But I would put a one caveat, and this is this should be a positive overall for the economy, is that big ticket items like home sales and automobiles will now be competing with things like travel and with restaurants and all the things that Canadians haven't been able to do. I think there's a, a pent-up demand and a real desire to get out there and we won't completely be able to make up for lost time, but there'll certainly be more to choose from when you're deciding on what to spend on. And so I think that, you know, that overall this strong recovery bodes well for automobiles, but Canadians will have many more options to uh, to, to spend their money on as the year rolls out. Some analysts have said the estimated sales decline in May when compared to 2019, the the previous full normal month, if you will, that you can compare it to have been down just about 24%. How far away are we from 
auto sales getting back to quote unquote normal uh, volumes of say 1.8, 1.9, even 1.7 as a good case scenario, million units per year? Well, I tend to look through the May data right now. It certainly was a depressed sales figure, but not a surprisingly so um, figure. One factor obviously was the fact that we couldn't purchase automobiles uh, or it was more difficult. So by appointment Mm -hmm. and then you add on safety concerns. And so do you you just wait it out and buy later? But I think layer on top of that and the complexity of, of shortages right now and just very low inventory on dealers' lots. And so there has been an expectation that these next couple of months and even quarters are going to have less selection for buyers. And so to what extent has that inventory, depressed inventory weighed additionally on the fact that consumers, you know, now had an extra hurdle for making purchases. And so certainly we expected May to be weak. We expect the next couple of months to continue to be weak, but we do think that ultimately we're looking at a case of demand being, you know, the driving force here and that, dem- you know, and pent up demand rolling out as the year advances. So, you know, so we, we do have actually a bit of a contraction in Q2 auto sales overall, but we do expect it to pick up in the, you know, we, we expect the end of the year um, right now to be around 1.8 million units. So, you know, so certainly we were there at the beginning of this year, 2020. We're seeing a dip now and we're going to see some strengthening and and likely as the year advances, even surpassing that 1.8 million mark, but on average ending out at 1.8. How are dealers faring through all of this? Are they profitable? What are prices doing? I just, I wonder how this, is this just a case of, is it business 101, supply and demand? Absolutely. Certainly the the pricing side of things has been very supportive for dealers. And we're seeing this not only in new vehicles where clearly inventory and, you know, material shortages has certainly meant that, you know, in slower months that we haven't seen the fire sales or the, you know, the, the incentive spending that would be needed to, you know, get cars off lots. We haven't seen that essentially since the beginning of the pandemic, you know, because production just hasn't caught up even before the shortages to the very strong demand for autos. And so we certainly see that as, um, you know, as a uh, hold, you know, prices holding strong for new vehicle, it could go even stronger as some of the shortages may pass through into pricing for, for new vehicles. But then you layer on top of that just what's going on in used vehicles. And so, you know, that's been, you know, additional factors, including usually the supply of used vehicles comes from fleet uh, sales when they return 12 to 18 months after, um, you know, after use in, say, rental industry. But obviously, rental business really, you know, connected to travel was basically decimated 12 months ago or 14 months ago. So we're not seeing that supply and then we had this just really um, uh, weak dollar for, you know, up until the, you know, early in this year that saw a lot of used vehicles going south of the border. So, you know, that supply shortage meant that we just had very few used vehicles. So, you know, consumers that wanted a vehicle new or used, um, you know, had limited uh, choice, but that gave much stronger pricing power to dealers. So certainly on that side of it, I think it's 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 been a positive 
But I would say overall, we are hearing just concerns about, you know, inventory um, ratios are just at historic lows and just how long can you continue to sell vehicles when you just, you know, you don't have that many um, to, to offer consumers. So, you know, so I think that people are holding their breath to see when some of these bottlenecks work out and we get, you know, production back up and running commensurate with demand. Aside from the virus itself, what are the biggest hurdles you see in auto retail in the second half of 2021? Is it Does it remain the chip shortage? Is it the lack of vaccines, although we're on quite a roll, as you mentioned? Is it the competition from travel and, and other things to do, vacations, that will, I mean, inevitably suck up some disposable income from some folks? I just wonder what you see as the biggest hurdle in the last six months of 2021. I see the supply or the the material shortages being the biggest challenge or the biggest hurdle through 2021. And that'll be exacerbated by a lot of upside in, you know, on the consumer side. So I think demand, uh, there are a number of factors that point to demand being fairly strong as we head out in the second half of 2021. Um, And I also, you know, we we still don't know new demand creation as a result of the pandemic. And even if we're going back to workplaces and so forth, are we now using our vehicle instead of um, instead of taking public transit for the first little while? So there are a lot of factors and, you know, low cost of financing, um, you know, certainly lots of um, supporting factors that that would uh, suggest demand is going to remain strong, but we still don't know. The wild factor are these um, these supply shortages and the chip shortage, and we do think that it is going to unwind as we advance through the end of the year. But that is a risk factor. Just how quickly will it unwind? Um, so we really see that the big question marks maybe are as we look out to 2022. And ironically, it could be that uh, the recovery is just much stronger than we had anticipated. So we start to see things like um, uh, the cost of financing going up. So we already expect the Bank of Canada will need to pol- uh, tighten its overnight policy rate by, you know, midpoint in 2022. We're already seeing markets starting to price in higher inflation. So we will, we could very well start to look at a year of 2022 where not only is the cost of financing starting to tick up because of a much stronger recovery, but we also m- might see pricing of vehicles themselves um, increase because of these supply shortages. So I would say, you know, 2021 wildcard is, you know, can we build enough vehicles, get them on lots to meet this very strong demand? And as we look out beyond that, it is okay um, now that the recovery is well underway and perhaps even slightly behind us and policy measures start to tighten. What does that mean for demand? Um, are we going to uh, to see some leveling off or will we have another, uh, you know, another very strong year to ahead? I know you've probably tweaked your forecast a million times already just this year, um, but how many new vehicle sales is Scotiabank Economics forecasting in Canada for, for 2021? Well, actually, I have not tweaked my forecast since the beginning really? of the year. And okay. But what I would say is that we have, um, in every successive economic forecast update, we've seen and we've, you know, we've 
called for a stronger economic recovery. So every tweak, we've revised upward uh, Canadian GDP outlook, U.S. GDP outlook, um, you know, I, I think almost by a, more than a full percentage point since the beginning of this calendar year for the economic outlook. But because of this extra turbulence we've seen from um, material shortages, I've restrained, uh, you know, our revisions upward for auto sales. So normally, you know, as we are improving our job outlook and our GDP outlook and consumption outlook, you know, I've just been fairly measured in, you know, in, in, in pulling down some of the sales activity we expect in this second quarter, bleeding into the third quarter possibly, um, but really having that supply constraint as opposed to demand driving our number for 2021. So I've stuck to that 1.8 million units and, you know, that's about a 14% increase um, over the dismal 1.6 million units of last year, but that's still below the 1.9 million units of 2019. So, you know, I would say, you know, I'm holding tight on that figure. I will still, you know, I expected weak numbers in May. I still expect, you know, June will have some reopening effect, but the supply shortage may still weigh on those numbers. I won't, wouldn't likely uh, change that 1.8 until I see that, you know, we're into the summer and we still are not seeing enough supply to meet that demand and then I would just be pushing out some of that demand into 2022. Well, 1.8 is certainly no disappointment. It's no slouch. Uh, I'm sure a lot in the industry, a, a lot of folks would be happy with that number considering what we've been through. So we'll see if we get there. Rebecca, thanks for joining me on the show this week. No problem. Thanks for inviting me and talk to you soon. We reached Rebecca at her home office in Nova Scotia. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.